0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Good to see you tonight. Glad you're here. Let's open our Bibles to John 13 is where we're going to be tonight. John 13 and uh, as you find it, if you wouldn't mind standing then, out of respect of God's word tonight, John chapter 13 is where we're going to be. And we'll read just a couple of verses here tonight. And I'm going to kind of get back to a, um, a, a thought that I preached early this year. And as I look around and see a Loveworks t-shirt over here, um, Josh is wearing one tonight. And I see the banner behind us. Um, and, ...and I've tried to apply plenty of the preaching this year to Love Works... ...and yet um, tonight I felt just that I should maybe preach on the subject again... ...and just remind us of a few things, the reason that this is our theme... ...and then maybe ways we've done well in the areas that we need to keep working and improving. And so tonight is just the first maybe of a few times that we'll be preaching on Love Works... Um, over the next few weeks, potentially, or a few months, even, um, I love the theme. I think it's the theme that we need, and we need to be reminded of. Um, and uh, I love to have love seeing our young people wear the Love Works T-shirts to camp, and I mean, it's just been a it's been a blessing. And yet, it's like anything. Um, have you ever uh, you ever maybe said, okay, I want to do something with this? It's broken, or or a book that you want to read, and so you set it on your desk or your table, or you set it somewhere where you're like, I will not forget this. And then a few weeks later, you walk in and you see it again like you're seeing it for the first time. It's been sitting in that spot so long that you forgot it was there. I mean, I've done that before where something I needed to fix and I set it right outside my door or I put it right on the door out, out going out to the garage so I don't forget it and I walk right by it and I keep walking right by it. And after a few days, I'm not, it's just part of the landscape, you know? And I've done that before. Well, sometimes a banner can be the same way. A shirt can be the same way. The, 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 the pens in the pews can be the same way. You see the red pen, you see the love works, and you forget why we, why we had this theme. And so I want to just remind us about it. Even review some of that message from January. And then make some application tonight. John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35. Uh, let's read it out loud together. Okay, ready? Begin. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And it's a good help and reminder tonight of the essential nature of love. The essential nature of love. Meaning that as a church, if love isn't present... Then our essence as a church won't continue the way it's supposed to. We are it is essential to our existence as disciples of Jesus Christ and members of East Side Baptist Church to practice love like Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, love, I mean, he tells us what's the first and great commandment. We'll love the Lord your God and love each other. He says right here that they'll know us by our love. It'll make an impact. The essential nature of love is what we'll be looking at tonight. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You know, these verses, and just as a review, these verses um, are, the context here is that Jesus has just told his disciples that he's about to go to the cross. I mean, he's been preparing them for that. He's been letting them know and hinting at that. And you almost, um, you know, almost like the disciples, they weren't really getting it. But he was telling them it's coming, and he's preparing them for it. And he's letting them know, I'm about to go to a place that you can't follow. Meaning, I have my calling, and I'm about to leave and do something that only I can do. And and this is my burden, this is my calling. But then he tells them there's a way they can still follow him even after he leaves. And the idea is, he says, yes, I'm about to go to the cross, I'm about to go somewhere ...that you can't follow, that you won't be able to go with me and do that with me. But there is still a way you can follow me um, even after I leave. And he says this, a new commandment I give unto you... ...that ye love one another as I have loved you... and ...that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another... He basically says, I'm about to go do something that I am called to do, but you can still follow me. Here's how you're going to follow me. You've got to love each other. And he says, there's a new commandment. Now, a new commandment doesn't mean that this is something you've not ever heard before. Um, if you've read the law, then you know they're told to love each other. They're told to love the Lord. So it wasn't new in the sense that they'd never heard it, but it was new in the sense that it was refreshed. It, this was, they've just gotten a fresh look at the kind of love they're supposed to love each other with. And you say, well, how did, what's the fresh look? Well, Jesus had just, the creator of the universe, the, the, the almighty God, had just in this chapter washed the feet of his disciples. He had literally just bowed down on his knees and, and with a basin and a towel... He had washed the dirty feet of his own disciples. They were seeing, what he's saying is, they were seeing God's love in its fullest form for the very first time. They were getting a glimpse of the kind of love that Jesus means when he says love one another. What does that love look like? Well, servant-minded. Feet washing. Now, I'm thankful that we don't interpret this passage Literally, as, as one of the ordinances we're supposed to continue, okay? If, if foot washing was required, I'm not sure I would be an independent Baptist. Now, I don't believe that, 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 we are, that we're called to have an ordinance of foot washing. Um, I think that that's taken out of context, clearly. Um, and yet, the idea remains that if you're going to love like Jesus Christ, then you ought to be willing to serve those around you. And there ought not be any length you're unwilling to go to show that love to the people around you because Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, on his hands and on his knees and with his face down low was washing the dirty feet of these disciples. So that's what love looks like. They were seeing it for the first time. What else does it look like? Well, it looks like meeting the needs of other people. So to be a servant and then meet the needs of other people, they followed Jesus around. They saw the kind of love he had for people that he had no no obligations to. Uh, what, what does love look like? Well, it means compassion for the lost. And they had they had sit and wa- sat and watched him uh, get emotional over the multitudes. They had seen him have a heart for people that nobody else cared about. They had watched him reach across uh, and and shake the hand or. Or, or meet the need or touch the, the broken body of a sinner and a publican and, and a woman of the street. They've, they'd watched him reach out and love people that nobody else cared about. What does his love look like? Well, it means it's a willingness to be inconvenienced. There were plenty of times where he had business to attend to. But he would stop for one sinner. And that's what love looks like. Ultimately, though, the, the, the ultimate look of love for Jesus Christ was the choice he was making very soon to go to a cross and die for those around him, for the whole world. So lo- uh, this is love the world had never seen. So when he says, I'm about to leave and I'm about to go somewhere that you can't follow, but listen, he says, there's a way you can still follow me is if you will carry on, The way that I'm loving you. You you won't be able to go to my cross, but you can love like I have loved. And, And he says, this is the way you can follow. You can love with the kind of love I have. They couldn't follow him to the cross, but they could show the world the kind of love that he had. And even us as disciples are called to the same thing. We are called to love like Jesus Christ loved. And look again at how Christ describes love here in verse 34 and 35. I see that there's kind of a what and a how and a why. The what is this. The what is love one another. The how is as I have loved you. And the why is by this all men shall know that you are my disciples. The what is love one another, the how is how I've loved you, and the why is by this, all men shall know that you are my disciples. So love one another. The what is the application, the first application is to his disciples. Among each other, he says. You know, there should be no place where love is more evident than than in a gathering of God's people. There should be no place that shows the love of Christ more than the followers of Christ. His people should reflect him, and therefore we should reflect his love. We should reflect how he he would deal with us in the way that we deal with each other. That's the what. Well, the how is, as I have loved you. And I already gave you some marks of the love of Christ, and that's humility and compassion and sacrifice. Uh, And notice, though, Christ's example of love wasn't just emotion. He proved his love with action. It wasn't just a feeling of love. He loved with his actions. He loved with his works. And the most complete fulfillment of love is visible love. And the why, again, in verse 35 is, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Our love toward each other, it convinces those without that we belong to Jesus Christ. I mean, now you say, now tell that to my kids. and, And you probably have too when they're leaving. And you say, don't forget your last name. And don't forget who you are. And don't forget who you represent. I mean, you represent not not only God, you represent the Jet family. So be mindful of that everywhere you go. And, and you, you, everywhere we go, we have a name attached to us. And that name is Jesus Christ. You know, and I, I've heard people talk, and I've used it as well. You know, there are the, the Ten Commandments, that thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And, and I believe it certainly applies in the way that we normally apply it. But I also believe it applies in this way. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Meaning that you claim that you belong to Jesus... ...and you put his name on the back of your jersey... ...and you walk around, you take the name of Jesus... ...but you take it in vain when you walk around... ...and act like the world around you rather than like Jesus Christ. When you take the name of Jesus and you don't live like Jesus... ...you take his name in vain... That would be like getting married and, and a young lady takes the name of her husband um, but isn't faithful to her husband. That would be taking her husband's name in vain. And we say, well, that's just a terrible thing to do, but how many of us, in the way that we live, have taken the name of Jesus Christ in vain? That we, we say we're Christ's, but you wouldn't know it by our actions. And so Jesus says that when you love like I love that all men will know your mind. mine. And not in an emotion, not just sentimental, but visibly they will know. And the idea is this, love works. Yeah. See, there are two meanings, and both of them are true from the text. The first meaning, number one, in love works is that if we're Christ's disciples and we love him as we should, it's going to be evident in our actions. If we're a healthy tree, we're gonna bear fruit. Yeah. Yeah, the true disciples will reveal themselves Through the works of love and and love, I mean, it is the ultimate fulfillment uh, of of maturity in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about all those things that we could have, but if we don't have charity. 1 John, he talks about, hereby know ye that we are in him, is if the love of God is perfected, if fulfilled. 1 John 5, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Listen, Love works. If you truly love as you should, it's going to show up in how you live. But the second meaning is true too. Verse 35, when he says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. See, the second meaning is this. Authentic love, real love works the best to convince the world of who we are. So when it comes to convincing your neighbor that you belong to Jesus Christ, that you're a disciple, you know what works? Love works. And when it comes to convincing your coworker that you genuinely follow Christ, you know what works? Come on, you can say it. Love works, that's right. Remember, the world has never seen love like, like Jesus Christ's. So if there's a group of people exhibiting love like nobody's ever seen, they're not going to be able to deny it. They're going to say they have to belong to Jesus because that's a different kind of love than we've ever seen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Um, If you want to convince others that you're Christ's disciple, then love works. So there's those two, those two meanings, and we dealt with, with a lot of applications that night back in January, and we even had you sign up for different ministries, and I'm thankful, you know, some of those have really taken root and taken hold, and I'm thankful, I, I think about our cleaning ministry. I mean, in, in January, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have any of our folks on a weekly basis investing in our building in, in cleaning. And now, I, I mean, throughout the week, just about every day of the week, we have people, e here throughout the building, and you're cleaning, and you're taking care of our building. And I'm telling you, it does, it does this pastor's heart so much good. Just to see, I mean, they're investing in our building, because it, it, we ought to have such ownership about our building that, that we view it like we would our, our own dad, some of us, our own lawns. Say, so, you no, know, that's pretty extreme now. Now I know how I am about my yard, and just don't drive by it right now. But I know how I am about my yard, and I'm telling you, after the rain and the and the weather recently, um, I mean, the, my the, my yard looks good. Not in a bragging way. I have no control over that. Okay, it's the Lord and His mercies. Yeah. But it looks nice and green. I was telling kids, I just want to roll around in it. It looks so good. But but then I'm like, don't walk on it, you know. So. <laughs> Well, you know how it is. You know, when you, if, if, I don't know if that's the way you are, but I take ownership of our yard. You know what? I want, I want our church, I want Eastside to have that same level of ownership when it comes to our building. You know, that you, that you, it'll bother you if you walk by a, a piece of paper on the floor, or a piece of trash that you won't, that you won't just walk by it. You'll, you'll stop. You know we ought to have that kind of ownership it ought to bother us when a project is left undone you know or or something is left undone or something doesn't get taken care of and and I think we're seeing that now we have a, we still have some things we've got to finish and you know projects that that aren't done that that have been you know outstanding probably too long but but that'll come with growth and and yet we ought to just say, you know what, I, this is my building. I'm not going to just let it be undone. I, I want it to represent the Lord in, a, in the right way. So, so I'm going to take ownership of this building. And I think that's happening in that you're here every week and you're cleaning and taking care of things. I'm grateful for it. I mean, I'm thankful for, for our ushers. You know, it does me so much good when I, on Sundays when we see the offering received and I was going to say taken. But they say, don't say we're going to take the offering now. We're going to receive the offering now, okay? We're going to receive the offering and these men come up here. We didn't have ushers for a long time. We were giving at the back and I'm just grateful, especially when I see some new folks standing up here. You know, new members of our church standing up here serving and, 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 and receiving the offer, taking your money. I mean, receiving the offering, you know? You know, and I'm thankful on Sunday mornings when we come in. Um, first thing I smell is Bacon. Yes, best amen of the night, I figured. You know, we have men's we, prayer meeting on Sunday mornings at 745, and, and, you know, there are a lot of churches that say you can't do that, you can't get men to come out and be involved in that, and yet we had probably at least 40 this past Sunday morning. Say, so, I know there's bacon, but, you know, I think if there, even if there wasn't bacon, we'd have men come out and pray. At least three or four, you know. But, you know, we have our cook teams, and you expressed interest at that meeting, and you've been faithful, and I'm thankful and, uh, that you have expressed interest in Love Works Night. And, and I'm thankful for the scripture printing ministry that's really taken off. And, and Brother Heath is here, back here, and, and overseeing that. I'm thankful for that, like I talked about earlier, and how the scriptures that we're literally touching uh, will be opened in, in, out of a box by James Ruckman overseas. I mean, That's awesome. We should, like, slip some, like, secret messages in there and say, hi, Brother Ruckman, and, you know, orchestra, you know, over here, listen to the orchestra play, and, and we lose some and gain some, but, you know, we've got a good sound, and tonight the music was great, and, you know, we're, we're talking about Love Works that night, and you're saying, yeah, I want to be involved in that, I want to even be involved in the greeting ministry, and Right now, you know, our First Impressions team or whatever you want to call it um, is being, we're developing that. And Brother Jim Floth is overseeing that. And, and we even have lanyards, which means we're really cool now. Like, you know, ask me something. You know, I think it says, what does it say, Brother Jim? How can I help you? Yeah. I like that. You walk in and somebody has a lanyard. How can I help you on Sunday mornings? And, and they come and ask you the question and you can give them an answer. And we got people out there with a smile. Listen, that's good. It's been great to see your love works. And, and if this was a if this was an eight-month love works audit, we're doing well internally. I'm thankful for that. It's good because Christ's first application was to his disciples. So there, there needs to be love works internally and on an internal level. And it ought to be the mark of our church that we love one another. It's great to be a church that we're, where love is present. And I, I, I sense it here and I'm thankful for it. Love is working here. Now, I know we're not perfect. I know there will be times where your, your love will be tested. And I imagine that happens in the nursery, maybe even right now. You know, love works is being tested. And maybe it happens on youth trips and Maybe it happens when somebody sits in your pew or somebody parks in your spot. No, I'm thankful those are the exceptions and not the rules. But I want to emphasize, though, a mindset tonight as a result of Love Works that I think we still could work on. Because an internal audit is a good reflection of Love Works. But let's not forget that Love Works wasn't only for the disciples. Love works was not only an internal target. See, Christ charged his disciples with carrying out his love so that all men would be convinced that they're his disciples. So how how valid is the idea of love works then if no one outside the church walls is aware of it? See, if all we had is verse 34, then I think our love works audit is good. But verse 35 is the context too. And it says the effect of your love works internally should have an external impact. All men should know. By men, by this shall all men know. See, listen, love works is more than an internal trait. But that's our comfort zone. You're most comfortable around your family. I am too. You can be yourself with the people that you love the most and that you know the best. Which means it's easy for people to simply gravitate toward the ones they know the best. And I get that. I know that. It can be awkward to be around other people. And some of us are even more than normal when it comes to being awkward. If that makes sense. We try to have people over. Our family does when when or when we maybe when we can maybe take people out that are visiting and we try to do that with with families when we can and we want to build a connection and it but it can be hard on our kids sometimes. You know, we have to have a lot of pep talks. You know, if people are coming over or we're going out to eat or something, you know, they our kids have eaten a lot of meals across from people. They don't know very well. But Christ makes it clear that love is supposed to spill outside of our cup to the saucer the cup is in and onto the table that the saucer sits on and our see our church has a tendency and and uh, not our church uh, church has a tendency i'll say i mean we're we're no different than most churches but a church will have a tendency to have an us for no more mentality you know we've got what, we've got who we need these are our peeps. These are our people. This is who we are. And this is who we're comfortable with. But there's a danger in becoming too inward focused. See, everything has a life cycle. You've got birth and you've got growth and then you've got reproduction and then you've got death. Birth, growth, reproduction, and death. But understand, according to Matthew 16:18, and. And think about this. Jesus says uh, when it comes to the, to the church, he said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which means then in the life cycle of the, of, of the New Testament church as an institution or an organism, you might even call it. It's alive. Then you might say that in, in terms of a life cycle, birth, growth, reproduction, Death, when it comes to the church, death is not part of the life cycle of the New Testament church. Meaning that when Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, he says it has a beginning, but I'm the one who decides when it ends. And it'll end when, when, I, when, I, when I say it's going to end, when I take the church out. The church will end, but until then, there's no death—at least, in, in overall, there's no death in the life cycle of of the New Testament church. And so, what that means is that, East Side, yes, we had a beginning, and yes, we have growth, and we ought to have reproduction. But there ought not—at least until Jesus returns—there's not really this point where we come to the place where the, this has to die. Now, I know some churches do come to an end, and that's God's plan sometimes for for that time or. But, but, but the institution as a whole, we believe it's not going to end until Jesus ends it. Right, right. And so my, my challenge or my thought tonight is this, is that we don't have to go through the life cycle that some churches go through where we come to the place where we're like, you know what, it's time to just lock it up. I mean, I don't want that to happen. Right, right. And you don't want that to happen. But you know what's essential, though, if we don't want that to happen? Did you know, though, that you have to then constantly inject new life into an organism or it will die? I mean, you could, you could say, yeah, I have a desire to not have um, an early death, but if you stop eating and drinking... If you don't inject something new to build on, if there's no reproduction or new life coming in, then, then you don't get to choose if that life cycle ends or not. See, it's like a stagnant pond. Unless there's an injection of fresh water and an outlet for that, that water to move, eventually everything dies. And you know that about the Dead Sea in Israel. It's a, it's a, pheno- a natural phenomenon and, and, and that it's, there's nothing living in the Dead Sea. Because it's got all these inlets and no outlet. And listen, I believe that's a, in many ways a picture of a church. You need fresh life coming in, reproduction, and you need an outflow or you die. And that's the essential nature of love. And and see, love convinces the outside of our identity. Love drives us to reach them and bring new in. Love is essential to new life. And we must strive to allow our love to work outside these walls. If we don't have a continuous, listen, if we don't have a continuous influx of new life, then get ready for an early death. And I know the us-for-no-more mentality is easiest, and it's safest, and it's the comf- comfortablest. But it's not God's plan. See, let's, I just want you to think about what Jesus is saying. He is saying that when it comes to discipleship, it's not enough to just plant your side inside the, yourself inside the, these walls and say, we got everything we need. No, he says, our love should be strong, but it should spill over outside these walls and that all men will see our love and know, hey, there's something different about that group. Just think about it. Let's quote the verse, John three sixteen. okay? And I, let's just start with the kids, okay? If you're 12 or under, okay? All the kids 12 or under speak up really loud. Are you ready? Uh, so John 3, 16, are you ready? Here we go. Kids 12 and under, ready? For God so loved the world, Gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I saw some lips moving, okay? Don't know that I... That's okay. Okay, so big kids, little kids, old folks, young folks, let's all quote it. Ready? For God so loved the world... Okay, so I want you to think about that verse. That verse is talking about God's love. Okay, we're talking about God, Jesus is talking about love. So he's the love that I've loved you with, and for God so loved the world. Is there a connection there? Well, yeah, he's God. So the love of John 3.16 is the kind of love that Jesus is talking about here. So think about in John 3.16, there's two words that I want you to think about there. The world and whosoever. See, we're not talking about what God's love looks like. I'm 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 not talking about the effects of God's love. I want you to think about the scope of God's love. Meaning, who's eligible for God's love? Well, the world and whosoever. The world and whosoever. The world is the word cosmos in Greek, and you probably understand you know, that sounds familiar, but it means the circle of the earth, the inhabitants of on anybody who lives on planet earth. Uh, that means that God's love, listen, and this is really sad because it's very limited. It means that God's love is only for people that were born on earth. And I'm really sorry if you don't qualify. I'm sorry that if you were, if you were born in space or on another planet, some maybe actually but you're out of luck and it's a bummer I, I hope you catch the sarcasm though God loves the world and the Jews at that time uh, they, they thought he only loved them so here's Jesus coming along and he's talking about love in terms they never thought about they didn't know about see Jesus came and redefined love It's a new commandment. It's a new kind of love. It's a fresh look at love. And the scope of God's love includes the world. Gentiles and Greeks and everybody. And there's another term in John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. And you know what this means? And I'm super sorry if this doesn't include you. But that that, that only people who are a whosoever. That means, it, sorry, if you're a how or a what or a why, you don't qualify for God's love. I hope you see the sarcasm meter, okay? It's going up again. See, the Jews didn't consider Gentiles a who, They didn't consider anybody outside of the tribe of the nation of Israel. They didn't consider them whosoever. They were dogs. They were lower than, than the low. They weren't people. But Jesus came redefining love. So here's the scope of God's love. It's only people who inhabit the earth. So let me ask you then, who does that exclude? See, if God's love doesn't exclude anyone and we're supposed to love like Jesus loved that means our love excludes no one see love works doesn't just apply to east side baptist church it also applies to members of our community, members of our community, and, and applies to our neighbors. and it, it applies to our coworkers and it applies to our fellow students at school, and it applies to the gang members. and it applies uh, to the homeless and it applies uh, to the minorities and it applies to the government officials, and it applies to uh, our police force and our firemen. And anybody you can think of that you would put under the category of whosoever that lives and is born or was born on planet earth, it means everybody is included in God's love and nobody's excluded when it comes to God's love. And if God's love excludes no one, then I'm obligated to everyone. And here's another way to say it. If God's love didn't exclude me, then my love can't exclude others. See, here's where I believe that our next step of love works must go. It's outside the walls of Eastside Baptist Church. See, we're investing here at Eastside and and many of you have weekly ministries that you're involved in, that you're investing in. Our love for one another is evident and I'm thankful. But if we never take our love outside of these walls, then then we are destined for spiritual stagnation and maybe, and I I don't even like to say it, but maybe even spiritual extinction. We must insert new life to survive both inwardly and from the outside. And you say, well, but we've had people coming. We've had people, you know, getting saved. I mean, this summer has been a fruitful summer. I was just talking to Carl back here, and I I don't mean to point him out again, but we were just talking about baptism. He's excited to get baptized, and he wants to do it when when his mom and his sister can be here we're just setting that up and 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 I was just talking to somebody Sunday another family the the Marples and they're supposed to get baptized in a couple Sundays Been visiting with other people about you know taking steps you say well we're you know yeah but people are coming and new life is coming in oh, yes yes but how much of that new life would be coming in if it was only up to your investment outside I mean how many of those have you had a hand in See, I believe, I honestly, I truly believe that this would have been a normal summer if, if in our church everyone had the mindset to love outside these walls. But, but as, as it is with the Pareto principle, they say that 20% of the production, uh, 20% of the production or 80% of the production comes from 20% of the people. I mean, let's, let's do the math. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case uh, even at a church like this, that, that much of our production comes from a small percentage. What if there was 100% participation? I mean, does it feel good to have people walk the aisles on Sunday mornings? Does it feel good to see people get saved and baptized? Yes. To see not just individuals, but families? Absolutely. Well, can you imagine uh, how, much, how much greater it would be if everybody was participating? So if love, God's love doesn't exclude me, then my love can't exclude others, then I've got to start looking outside these walls. Love works here, absolutely, but it also works there. And Jesus didn't say that a result of our love works is that you grow really close as a family. He says, no, all men are gonna know that you're my disciples. And when they see your good works, they're gonna glorify your father, which is in heaven. So there's a a connection there. It begs the question then, how much are you investing in the new life reproduction at Eastside Baptist Church? And I I don't mean physically, although, hey, we need more babies. I'll say it. I'm thankful for those having babies. We need some couples to have babies. It's like man, the pressure is just this is not this is not the right kind of pressure. No, listen. Our church size to baby ratio needs to improve. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like babies. You know, we we have we you know, we have a second next generation. I mean, think about it. If we don't reproduce, you know who who's the next generation? You know, but plus, you know, some of you need to stop waiting for the perfect time. Okay, all right, here we go. Moving on. <laughs> if you're, I've said it before. If you're waiting for the perfect time, it'll never come. Just go ahead and I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I just feel led to see we need, we need more minivans in our parking lot. Okay. Yeah. No, but this is a real question, though. Do your love works include anyone currently outside the walls? And I'm thankful for continue, for the discipleship. I mean, that's not even what I'm talking about. I mean, do you have a target? Somebody you're working on? Somebody you've been working on? I know uh, I've got a good pastor friend. I preached for him er, last year. And, and he, there's a man that lives close to the church that he met. And for seven years, that pastor, m- many times, often on a weekly basis, met with this man once a week. And did Bible studies with him. Seven years. And then that man got saved. And that man now is the, the I mean, his number one supporter. He's the de- head deacon at, at that church. He fills in and preaches when this pastor friend of mine, um, Pastor Ben Moore there in, in, in Falls F- 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 City, Nebraska. And he fills in and preaches for him. Uh, that, that his, this guy that he led to the Lord after seven years was at our church planning conference last year uh, and came and, and just excited. and I mean he, every once in a while he'll just send me a text or even a gift and say, I was been listening to your sermons and, and just thankful for you and he's on fire for the Lord. You know what it took though somebody who had a heart for people outside of his own church walls, And outside of their church family and said, I'll give time every week to invest in the life of somebody that needs the Lord. And it doesn't have, they don't have to fit the mold. But I'm going to give myself to show that love works not just with my church family, but for people that are potentially going to be in my church family. So are you investing in anybody currently outside, outside of this church family, outside of these walls, outside of your comfort zone, outside of your people and your circle of friends, outside of who you're familiar with? When's the last time that someone from the outside came in because of you? When we fail to extend love that we've experienced, we are risking spiritual extinction. That mindset can only last so long before an organism dies. So a mark of God's love is the inclusion of sinners in its scope. Very often we think, well, love is only for the people closest to you. But that's not the way Jesus lived. And it's not what God said. He so loved, God so loved that he gave his son. Who, that whosoever. The whole world. So are we knocking? Listen, they're not knocking on our doors to get in. I mean, there's, we don't have a line of sinners Waiting to get in. Unless it's men's prayer meeting breakfast. Then that line forms. That's a line of sinners. But we don't have a line of the lost waiting to come in. They're not knocking our doors down. So are we knocking on theirs? I mean, are we thinking about ways we can be in our community that we can represent east side. Yes, love works in here, but it's meant to have an impact out there. And we've improved in our love works within the walls. But if we want to avoid spiritual extinction, it's time to take that healthy love and overcome our hangups and overcome our fears and take our love outside of these walls. And if you, let's think about love in layers. We'll be done here in a minute. Love in layers. Let's think about our love for each other. That's the foundation. We're doing well with that. Layer three, we're gonna say, so is is our love for the world. And our missions giving is strong. Now, now some we need to maintain our commitments that we made a year ago. And we some maybe haven't done that quite as much, but we're it's very strong, and I'm thankful. So layer one foundation is good. Uh, the uttermost part of the world that's good. But there's one in the middle, our Jerusalem, our community. And we're doing good on the foundation and we're doing good on the ultimate with world missions. But when it comes to our community layer two, listen, if that layer collapses, the whole thing comes tumbling down. We have a responsibility to love each other and we have a responsibility to love the world. But we also have a responsibility to love the people we pass um, in Walmart every time we go. And We have a responsibility to find ways to get into our community And make contacts and and be present. Listen, how is your love working outside? You've got to love inside the walls, and we're doing well, but if you're committed to giving to the world, what about this community? Do they know we're here? See, where love works, life is extended. But where love fails, life is extinguished. Where love works, life is extended. But where love fails, Life is extinguished. So, based on how your love works, where is Eastside going to be in five years? If your love was the pattern, and if our whole church followed your cha- your pattern, there's a song. What kind of church would my church be if every member was just like me? How many souls would be saved today if it all depended on what I say? You know, you start thinking about it that way, and that starts to become a very humbling way to look at our future, the future of Eastside. If you were setting the pattern, if you were setting the trend, and if Eastside was following your lead in five years, would we be dying or would we be thriving? We need an injection of life in our love outside the walls. And listen, there are opportunities. Uh, you, you have opportunities, you have access, and you have ideas, but we need commitment. And we, we need to, we need to put, put those ideas before our church family and say, here's a way we can be involved, and here's something we can do, and we need to show our community that love works. Listen, if God's love included you, will you extend that love to somebody else? And some of you have opportunities. You have access uh, that nobody else does. I mean, Brother Juan, I'm so thankful for Brother Juan. Uh, recently been training to be, um, what do you call it? Chaplain. I should know that. Been tra- training to be a chaplain for the police force. Amen. He's been going on ride-alongs and, and getting to know those guys down there. Amen. And, you know, he, he say, well, yeah, but how many, police, how many policemen have come? Well, I don't know, but how many policemen would come if we never put our foot in the door? I mean, our chances are going way up because he's building relationships and he's getting out there in the community. And he say, Well, I don't think that was for me. Okay, but but find your niche. So you do something. And instead of just letting your love work with the family you're most familiar with, let your love work for somebody that God loves too. When love fails to work, churches die. Don't, let's not let it die on our watch. So let's see what God will continue to do at Eastside if we take steps of faith further outside our comfort zones. Because I'm telling you, there's a community, growing community. I mean, I, I think about these apartment buildings going up. I mean, thousands of people just living right down the road, living in this, this neighborhood. I mean, more coming in. Sioux Falls growing like, I mean, growing like crazy. And, but do they know we're here? I mean, do they just drive by? Because, you know, like I talked about at the beginning, the banner becomes kind of just an item that you see and you're used to. Well, you know, Eastside sits right here on Highway 11, which eventually, when they finish that out, it'll meet up with I-29. I I read 55,000 cars a day are going to drive by our church. But if all they ever see is a building and nothing really ever changes and they never have a face to put with it, maybe eventually they're going to be driving down Highway 11 and seeing east side like we were talking about our banner. Well, it's just there. I took note of it maybe the first time I saw it, but, you know, nothing's ever been done since, and I've not ever met a person and not ever had a face with the building, and so they just drive by it, and eventually just becomes part of the background, becomes part of the landscape. And we're in here doing good with our love, but without the injection of new life. An organism dies and we've got to step outside of ourselves and outside these walls and let the let the our community know that love works that god loves them and he wants them to spend eternity in heaven with him and that it's not an exclusive club that's limited only to a certain few people no it's the whole world it's whosoever and let's not enjoy the love that's been extended to us without taking it and extending it to somebody else. Where love works, life is extended. But where love fails, life is extinguished. Let's not be in this second part of that, of that statement. Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How is your love working? Young people, you know, you've got a youth group And during youth group, you know, the walls are up sometimes. We have young people walk into a youth group and they're just looking for a friend, but you've already got your friends. I mean, are you reaching beyond that wall? You know, us four no more, no. When young people come in, do they feel the love of God extended? If God included you, are you including those that come in to, to the youth group on Sundays? Now, let's think about that church how are we doing love works but not just here love works in such a way that the whole world sees and they're convinced that we're gods so are we doing it in such a way that others can look and say "Yet, there's something different about that group and i want to know more is love working at Eastside? let's pray and ask the lord to help us